Welcome back to another episode of the Erectile Dysfunction Radio Podcast. Today we are joined once again by Skip. Skip is a patient advocate for men's health after suffering for nearly 30 years with erectile dysfunction. Armed with knowledge built over three decades, Skip desires to bring from behind the veil authentic truth and dialogue that advances solutions and decision-making for men suffering from ED. Married for 26 years, Skip has been prescribed every pill, pump, patch, device, and injection offered over the last 30 years. He successfully underwent implant surgery in 2020. Skip heralds his treatment as transformational to his personal confidence, as well as life-changing and definitional moment in his marriage. Skip holds a PhD in human capital management, and he is a veteran of the United States Air Force. Skip, thanks for joining us once again. Hey, Mark. Thanks for having me. It's always great to chat with you and share with others lessons learned about my own personal ED journey in hopes of helping uh, other men find viable solutions. And uh, I'm really grateful for the work that you're doing with the Center for Intimacy, Connection and Change and uh, leading uh, the way to provide a platform for information sharing. And we're glad that we can do that. And we're really, really thankful that you're you know, coming on and telling us your story, sharing your wisdom with us. So today we want to explore some of the mental mind games of erectile dysfunction when a man is in a relationship. Mind games come in several forms, including performance anxiety, avoidance, bargaining, and projecting. We want to get into a better understanding of some of those today. So to get us started, Skip, can you share with our listeners about your personal process with erectile dysfunction? Sure. So uh, again, Mark, thanks. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm a 50-year-old uh, male. Uh, that is suffered with uh, ED from uh, my early 20s. So um, a, a three-decade-long journey um, of not being able to uh, have the confidence that I could um, uh, achieve and maintain an erection uh, that was capable of of having uh, a healthy, productive, sexual um, uh, you know, relationship with my spouse. Um, and over those three decades, it has um, tested uh, my resolve uh, personally as uh, uh, a male. Um, it has uh, absolutely impacted um, my relationship with my spouse along the way and created a lot of stress and anxiety um, that uh, really is the reason why I'm here to to share with others um, the solutions that are available out there to hopefully break down some of the the, the silos of information that um, uh, that are out there to 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 give men um, an opportunity to to seek um, permanent uh, solutions to to erectile dysfunction. Yeah, we we definitely appreciate your you know, openness uh, and sharing with us. So to that end, because this episode is taking a more of a relational focus, what would help our listeners to understand is a little bit, how, how did erectile dysfunction become apparent in your relationship? Were you aware of some of these challenges before getting into the relationship or did it specifically begin to manifest with partnered sexual activity? So great question. And, um, 100% 100% there was there was no indication uh prior to um getting married that uh I I had any of these issues um but it absolutely uh manifested itself um from day 1 in in my my marriage um and it 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 clearly is uh 
you know, it, it flies in the face of what you would expect um, a, a young 20 something to be experiencing. Um, and we, we, we really didn't know if it was, you know, anxiety. We didn't know if there was perhaps a physiological or physical function uh, failure. Um, and it took us a, a long time to try to um, work through, uh, you know, personally in, in our relationship that there was perhaps something uh, else going on um, that uh, required me to finally, you know, seek uh, medical intervention. Yeah. So, so at, at the age of you know, your early twenties, entering into this relationship, it was basically apparent almost from the beginning. It sounds 100%. Like, right from the beginning. Now, um, was there any, discrepancies between what was happening in the relationship or what you would see on your own, whether that was with, you know, morning erections, nocturnal erections, or like something that might occur not in the presence of your partner. Yeah. Uh, so, so no, there was, there was, there was no indication leading up to, um, but it was, it was very apparent, um, you know, as I was in a, uh, a committed relationship and married that, um, that there was, that, that there was an issue. Um, uh, and, and, and the, the psychological impact that that starts to, to have on you is, is, um, enormous. And I don't think, um, that a lot of guys know how to, to, to really, uh, deconflict that, um, individually or otherwise. Um, and it, it kind of led Mark, uh, my wife and I on a path of, um, you know, blaming one another. And there was, uh, a lot of, well, am I not sexy enough or am I not doing something right? And, you know, those are, those are stressful issues to take into, um, the bedroom. And it, 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 it started to just become a stressful event, no matter what setting you were in, whether it was, um, celebrating, uh, a milestone, um, anniversary birthday or otherwise, or a vacation, it didn't matter the setting. It was still ending with the same result. And that was non the ability to, to, uh, perform inability to perform. Um, and it, it, it really just spilled over into becoming, uh, an area of our relationship that I avoided to the nth degree. I would get stressed. Days. Okay. So Chip, I'm going to, I'm going to slow you down because, um, so much of your experience are things that I encounter in the clinical, in the clinical setting. And I want our listeners to really kind of be able to kind of understand these components um, that certainly sound like they were present for you. Um, but these questions that I, I, I formulated to be able to ask you um, mm -hmm. are things that I did not run by you. I did not learn about your experience prior to the recording. So I want to kind of slow things down just a little bit so yep. our listeners can get a better feel for what some of these you know, mental uh, hula hoops are that men jump through. So sure. if it's okay with you, I want to ask some like some particular questions to help kind of highlight some of these mental games. So some men try to hide or downplay their struggle with erection, certainly when it's initially presenting in a relationship. Did you go through this at all? Uh, I did. And I, 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 you know, would use work, uh, stress. Um, you know, I was traveling a lot. Uh, I was working shift work. Um, uh, I was a firefighter for a lot of years, so I, I could hide 
uh, a lot of times behind the veil of work as an excuse. And it was one of many methodologies that I would use to try to overshadow that there was um, a bigger issue going on. And that worked for a time, but long-term, obviously that was not- It wasn't going to work. It wasn't going to work. And Skip, did those Hmm. mental exercises- did they work for you in addition to the relationship? In other words, were you able to almost to a certain extent buy into it yourself that now I'm just busy. I'm not in the mood. I'm tired. I got stressed from work and almost avoid that, that internal pain and that internal struggle. Yep. 100%. And, and I, I, I think I did that for, um, uh, a whole lot of years and looking back now, I wish that I would have, um, been a little bit more, uh, uh, of an advocate personally to, to, to find alternatives. Um, uh, 100% is the answer to your question. I, 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 I 100% bought into, um, all of the excuses that I was presenting while at the same time trying to protect my partner who was also trying to self-assign on herself. Um, you know, is it her? And, and, and those are just mental mind games that, uh, that really have the propensity to impact, um, uh, the dynamics and, and, and a healthy relationship. Yeah. And we'll, we'll come to that in a moment, but it's also not lost on me. If I'm doing my calculations correctly, 30 years back, is around 1992, correct? Which is you know well before access to uh, Pills, little blue pumps, pill, the medication. Right. So yeah. I mean, to me, it makes sense that like what what's the alternative? There is no easy solution to all of this. Either it's really like a, initially a very steep climb, yep, um, and having to bring up a topic where you can't at the time just get a prescription for something. It's not as simple as that. Um, so either you have to face that. Right, which which could feel like daunting and and even hopeless, or right convince yourself that there's other reasons why this is happening, and once they clear, it'll all be okay. Correct. And at the time, I was in the military, and um, there just wasn't resources for somebody to go and talk to or or treatments to seek. It was Mm -hmm. it was just kind of you know, uh, uh, you know. it it wasn't an area that, uh, you had a lot of options or opportunities to, um, explore, uh, solutions. Um, and at the time it was, it was just, you know, it is what it is. Um, we could, we could, uh, probably one out of every four tries, um, succeed in, um, achieving an erection that was capable of, you know, uh, uh, Shangri-La. Um, and that was stressful. So Skip, how open was communication in the relationship around sexuality? Uh, early on, um, it was it was really tough because clearly it was a new relationship. Um, we were both really young. We did not know what we did not know. Um, you just are are ingrained to think, well, you know, uh, an intimate moment is going to naturally occur. And when it doesn't, you don't know what or how to really um, deconflict that in your own uh, your own mental well being, right? So um, you know we 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 talked about it to the extent that okay, what else can we try? Uh, you know whether it was additional foreplay or or, or otherwise, um, none of those seemed to elicit um, any any better outcomes than than others. So. Um, 
it, it, it again then goes through a, a, a cycle, um, where we, we, you know, are trying to express empathy. Um, and then we move to, uh, blaming, um, and it, 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 it really is a cycle that, uh, that, that goes round and round. Yeah. And, and, and as a young couple, look, it's oftentimes hard enough to figure out how to get things to a place that works for both partners Sure. when all the physiological parts are working. Sure. It's a whole nother thing when there is like a sexual function challenge on top of all of that. And yes, the efforts to be empathic, no doubt are helpful, but it also runs thin after a while. It, it kind of leads really, to that leads to that cycle of blame and criticism and defense um, and all those unhelpful pieces. And I was going to ask, like, did you blame your partner at some point for your ED, which is very common. It's very common to do that. And it sounds like at points that had happened. So, so um, no, I, I, I didn't, uh, I didn't do that often. Um, I, I would deflect uh, a lot and say, look, I'm just not in the mood. I, I, again, was, you know, really busy at the firehouse this week. You know, I've got a lot on my, my plate. I was going through grad school, you know, things, uh, that I could use to just say, look, it's, it's, it's not going to happen tonight. Let's stop talking about it. Um, uh, we were trying to start a family and clearly, um, there's, there's a recipe to making a family and when you don't have all the ingredients, it's, it's hard to, to, to go along that journey. Um, and that's, that's kind of, uh, where our, um, our medical, uh, exploration, you know, to, to treating ED started, it was, you know, how do we, how do we find solutions that give us the opportunity to, um, uh, increase our, our intimate life so we can start a family. Yeah. And, and it sounds like, again, you're saying that more often than not, it was deflection, avoidance, again, not not with the emotional intention of rejection, but that's kind of letting her down gently as opposed to blame. Now, many partners often internalize that experience and they think they're being blamed, even if that isn't the intention. Did that occur? Uh it, it, it occurred to the extent that I think that my spouse started to think that it was her fault. And, and, and that was tough. That was tough to try to deconflict, um, in, uh, an intimate moment, um, and, or outside of any, uh, intimate conversation, trying to give her the assurance that, um, this is, this is nothing she's doing wrong. It's, it's clearly with, with me. Um, and she was, she was, uh, much more of an advocate for me to go and talk to my doctor. And, um, I just wasn't ready to, to unpack that at the time. Mm -hmm. Um, a, a 20 year old talking to, you know, a, a military doctor that you're not able to, to achieve an erection is, is just not normal. And, um, it was, it was a tough, uh, journey to have to start the, the dialogue. Um, and it wasn't until after the dialogue was started that it became a little bit more easier to talk to the physicians, yeah. um, uh, about treatments. Yeah. Now you mentioned efforts to be empathic. Um, and I know that again, it's such a stressful experience for many men and many couples that, you know, sometimes the empathy can wax and wane when the empathy was present did you believe her efforts 
to be reassuring and that it really was okay and that she was understanding? Or did you struggle to really kind of take that in and believe it? I, 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 I think we both really struggled uh, on, on, on trying to understand the why. Um, and, and certainly I'm not speaking for my spouse, but I, 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 I feel like my spouse, um, for 25 years of chasing this, uh, this journey, uh, truly blamed herself and at the same time, didn't understand, um, you know, why, why this was happening. Um, and, and thought that I was just kind of checked out, uh, sexually. I wasn't interested in, and, um, exploring uh, treatments that would give us that natural intimate life. Uh, personally, um, I 100%, uh, blamed myself because I, I knew that it was something that I wanted to do. Um, but it just wasn't, uh, naturally occurring. And it, it again was just, uh, a stress. Now, speaking of stress, we often talk about two types of anxieties that are, are, unique to um, the sexual experience, a performance anxiety and an anticipatory anxiety. And for our listeners who are just tuning into this episode, performance anxiety is more of that angst, worried, uncomfortable feeling that you might be experiencing in the moment. While anticipatory anxiety is more of the anxiety that exists leading up to an experience, thinking about it, you know, you're going on date night or whatnot, and you've got those thoughts already starting to run through your mind. You got those feelings starting to run through you. Did you experience either or both of these at points? Yeah. Great question. Love that question, actually. Um, and the, the, the bottom line up front, both, um, uh, the anticipatory, um, anxiety started usually several days knowing that an event was coming up or date night was coming up and i would start to uh mentally uh prepare um for what i i i already thought was going to be um uh an activity that wouldn't be successful um and try to uh look for excuses to um either prolong or avoid um an intimate uh setting and and from the performance anxiety perspective mark um you found yourself that when you even got remotely close to having um an erection that was capable of penetration it was holy crap like um, I think, I think it's going to work. And then you, you try to hurry the activity. Right. Mm-hmm. And so then it, it goes from being, um, a natural experience to, uh, a really rushed experience in hopes that, um, you know, both partners are going to be able to enjoy the moment. Right. Yeah. Does that make sense? Absolutely. I mean, you also, you don't want to lose it at Correct. that point. There's a pressure to get things moving as quickly as possible. Yeah. Um, and that's that's the performance anxiety when things are going well, relatively speaking. Right. Um, forget when when you're not getting the erection or it's not getting as firm as you want. That's also like a whole other form of performance anxiety. Right. Um, um, and 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 in that zeal to to try to rush the moment uh, because you know that. Um, or you feel physically that, um, I, I, I think that this is, uh, a viable enough erection for penetration. Um, then when you start to rush the moment and then, uh, you lose the erection, it just opens up another Pandora's box of, well, what happened because we were, we were there mm-hmm. like, 
and again, it comes back to the, 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 the blaming, am I doing something wrong or is my spouse doing something wrong? Or, you know, is she not feeling, uh, or, or exuding something that, uh, I don't feel that she's, you know, sexy enough or, or otherwise. And, and it just starts, um, all the same questions over and over again. Yeah. Just opens up a whole new, a whole new path or a whole new door of anxiety. Yeah. Um, I love that question though. The anticipatory versus the, the performance, um, anxiety. Those are, those are two very different areas. And, uh, along my way, I can, I can 100% say that both, both of those occurred, um, routinely. Now, many of these mental games, mind games, but they're not really mind games, they're really constructs that I think men find themselves in. And understandably, this is like a really difficult experience to be in, let alone to be in various stages of this over 30 years and the toll it takes on the relationship. Um, it is a, a really difficult headspace to be in. Now, I know how hard the men that I work with um, and the men that are you know trying to really resolve some of this have to work to really get there. It's not an easy that's not an easy hill to climb. It's really, really tough because like you're highlighting, it gets compounded pretty quickly. It, um, really it can does. really get entrenched pretty quickly and it's hard to step out of that thinking. Now, did you find skip that anything helped you to step out of some of these um, anxiety loops and some of this headspace to lead to better outcomes or did it feel, like it got to a point very quickly where it was just too ingrained to really step out of. Yeah. Great question. Um, uh, so, so looking back, I can 100% say that, um, I, I, I wasn't able to step out of that cycle and I just kind of affirmed that, uh, this is what it is and, uh, having an intimate life, uh, is not going to be, um, something that uh that this this relationship is going to um enjoy um and it wasn't until probably the last 10 years that uh i started really becoming um a more staunch uh medical advocate for my own my my, my myself uh that um we started to to find opportunities to uh open up more um which led to a lot more dialogue um interpersonally with within my relationship as much as uh medically with my uh practitioners um to be able to 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 seek treatment options that were a little bit more um sustaining and and it's not until you start finding those treatment options and gaining confidence that i found that that headspace kind of um evolving right uh confidence uh, you know, sexual, sexual confidence is, is, uh, an elixir. Right. Um, and that's kind of why, uh, now that I've, I've, I've kind of gone full circle with this, this regimen, um, it, it really is giving me a feeling of, of more virility that I know that, um, when we want to have an intimate moment, it's going to occur. It's no longer a question of, uh, let's hope let's, let's, you know, anticipate that it might it will yeah and that that helps to really just cut a lot of those anxiety loops if not all of them really just cuts them right off yeah um, uh, it, it really does and 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 i'm outside of that anxiety loop um now i'm 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 almost uh coming up on three years um at the end of this year uh from from my implant 
and and that anxiety is 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 100 gone um I, I i share with guys uh i am ready before my partner is and i am uh able to continue long after my partner says that's enough um and and mentally that that gives you confidence mm -hmm. and it's that confidence that has 100 bolstered um uh and improved um uh my my intimate relationship with my spouse yeah and and i think you're highlighting such an important part because we talk a lot about breaking these anxiety loops for men who are experiencing uh lack of confidence in the bedroom or uh are experiencing a psychogenic erectile dysfunction and it's got really like a big performance focus in terms of helping to facilitate better erections but there's a whole other side to breaking that anxiety loop which is the overall experience is totally different if you are not in that performative mindset if you're able to really kind of be in that pleasure focused mindset to enjoy the moment to connect with a partner um, and it sounds like skip your journey ultimately landed you in that space with a renewed sense of confidence that has changed the whole the whole feel of that sexual experience that's a really powerful thing it truly is mark uh and 100 you 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 hit the nail on the head um you no longer have to uh worry about um coming up with excuses you don't have to worry about oh no i i, I forgot to take that little blue pill as I'm leaving the restaurant, knowing that, you know, I'm an hour away from getting back to, uh, the home or, or on a vacation, you no longer have to worry about, um, uh, if you are, you know, able to, to, um, enjoy an intimate moment, what the, the impact of those side effects could be for me. It was, it was really bad flushing headaches, um, just, just powerful headaches, mm -hmm. uh, as a result of the medications, those anxieties have, have been removed. And, and again, that, um, that goes back to, to feeling more, um, more natural and, 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 and virile. Um, and that's something that, uh, as a 50 year old guy, I, I, I missed in my twenties, thirties and forties. Yeah. Skip, I cannot thank you enough for just being so open about these experiences, because I know that there are like hundreds of thousands, if not millions of men who have, or are going through, or are going to go through these experiences of that angst, that loneliness, just being caught in these loops and feeling like there's just no way out. And there are ways out of this, whatever yeah. the solution is for each man, figuring out how to get toward that just much more wholesome um, experience that being able to connect in with a partner and to not be preoccupied with all of this stuff is really transformative. And I think you sharing about your process and your experience and, and, and being able to compare how things were to how things are right now is just such a powerful message. So I thank you um, so much for coming on and sharing that message with our listeners. You bet. Uh, again, Mark, I want to thank you for all the work that you're doing to um, to advance dialogue and and provide platform for uh, for men in this situation with the work that you're doing uh, at CICC. So um, please feel free to share uh, my contact information with your listeners. Uh, I'm always happy to to talk to men um, that are uh, going through similar um, experiences that I've shared with you today and and help provide them uh, a, a safe platform for which to ask questions. They're 
there's no question that I won't answer. Um, this is this is a safe space to to be able to to dialogue with a uh, a, a guy that has has gone through what um, a lot of guys are going through, and and be able to give them um, a one on one perspective that um, hopefully uh, helps them along their their own journey. So thanks again. And Skip, we will absolutely leave your contact information. Uh, in the description for this episode. So anybody who wants to reach out to you will be able to do that. But thank you again for your time. Thanks again, Mark. Thanks for listening to the Erectile Dysfunction Radio Podcast. For more information on today's topic and understanding how the mind impacts erectile dysfunction, please visit ErectionIQ.com. That's ErectionIQ.com.